Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of That 80s Child, The Generation Y. And my name is Gabrielle. Welcome to episode five that has been rewritten about three or four times in what I wanted to talk about now. I don't necessarily write this down like I do my blogs that I put up, obviously, because it would just be me uh, rambling off a page, and I kind of want it sound more conversational rather than it being scripted. But I do have outlines of what I want to talk about and the fact that I have a tendency to stray quite a bit when it comes to staying on topic and, you know, even if even if it does like organically segue into something else, I'm trying to get something across within a certain amount of time and I have a tendency to not stay that way. So I keep like an outline to keep myself within what I want to talk about. So this episode, I was originally going to talk about games, like I kind of did in another, in the episode in season one, where it was a ga- uh, gaming evolution. And I went back and I actually listened to it just so that I wasn't repeating myself consistently, so that it's just like a, it's just another episode of the same thing. And when I started to record this last night or the night, whatever night I, I post this, it'll be the other night. Um, it was just beginning to start like me rambling off the consoles that we had and my favorite games off of it. And that that's what the gaming evolution episode was. So I really wanted to talk about games, but I'm like, okay, well, what uh, angle do I want to go at it with? While I was sitting at work today, <laughs> And Mondays are always very slow at work. The stuff that I get in doesn't come in until later on in the week. So it's just like basic paper stuff and it's boring. So there are times where I can sit there, write some notes down in between me actually doing work, getting some ideas out. So I came up with with this. And I think it's going to be more in line with, it still will have some nostalgic feel, but it will be more personal kind of like my music and bullies. Nostalgic with the music, but my own personal things. And and this channel is going to be from my perspective. Obviously, it will be different for everyone. And you might just the, the individual thing that ties it all together is being born in the 80s, raised in the 90s and having all that nostalgic feels that we remember. So, it will be different for for you and for somebody else and for myself. So, episode five, I have aptly named Nostalgic Escapism with Video Games. Because my household didn't really have a game system other than the Atari when I was really small up until the age of six, I didn't really play that much of the Atari uh, like here and there. You know, most of it was, you know, I had, I had my Hot Wheels, I had my transformers my my little pony and things of that sort i didn't actually play a lot of video games when i was that young when we moved and we had the farm i was outside playing and my dad didn't actually get another system we didn't get the nes until much later it came out in the 80s we didn't get it until the until the early 90s so we were a little behind with a lot of the the systems at the time which was fine. I wasn't like 
now it's kind of a little bit more of a, uh, you know, it's coming out and there's that fever to get it. I know not everybody feels that way, but you know, like, well, my, the game that I'm waiting to come out is probably going to be on the next generation console. So I'm going to have to save up a million dollars so I can actually get the console if it's even available. But back then it wasn't must, it wasn't a must have for our household. Like I said, I was mostly outside. We had a lot of space. I used my imagination more than anything, and gaming was not my top priority. For the escapism section of it, I didn't start to actually utilize the games, in a sense, to help me through things until I was like between the ages of 11 and 12. So we're looking at 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, so middle schoolish, and that's like, I feel that's when I got the most bullied was those sections of time where, you know, we're all having, we're all going through changes. It's called puberty. And some people go it through, go through it more gracefully than others. And I obviously did not go through it gracefully. With that being said, uh, so when we got the PlayStation 1 is when I started to play more frequently. And the games that I played was Need for Speed, the original Need for Speed, um, and Jet Moto 2. I really liked racing games because th it was just the speed of it, the cool cars, because I do love cars, and that it's sort of like in a little, besides like going up and just straight up playing a fighting game, you get some aggression and frustration out on a racing game because you are putting all that adrenaline and excess energy into finishing that race or whatever um jet moto was a little bit more it was less about just going around a circuit and more of having other obstacles that you had to get around and it was more futuristic it was like you were on a, a, a motorcycle that was jet propelled obviously jet moto and it was a little bit more um work than just you know the, the need for speed even though if you go back and play those original games, the, the actual handling on those cars, oh my goodness, it was just horrible. But we got through it, and we did it, and we enjoyed it. I know I did. If you're looking, by the way, to go through, like, nostalgia, just period of all the, d the game systems and different games that I played, go check out my um, episode that's called um, Evolution of Gaming, and that's on season one. Um, this was almost going to be just, like, a pretty much a repeat of the same the same damn thing. So um, if you want something like that, go ahead and check that episode out. Otherwise, this is just um, sh kind of going over how I used games as a way of um, escapism. If you're, most games during like the Game Boy, the NES, and the Super NES, the, the joy out of those was for completionists, or if you really wanted to complete them. And because a lot of the time, there was not like a save feature or you had to have um, a special code or a cheat thing or something like that. So if you're going to finish it, you have to one shot finish that damn thing. <laughs> I got enjoyment out of those games just because I wanted to, I wanted to say, oh, I finished that game. And it took me however many hours to do it. So like things like Tiny Toon Adventures and Super Mario World, like those those games were for completionists and I did complete those games and 
um, felt pretty good about it at the time. And there was a little bit more effort that you had to put into those because of the fact that there wasn't the save features or you couldn't just put it down midway. You had to conti continue to play. It's not like now. Oh, they did have the pause thing, but on a Game Boy, you're already wasting four AA batteries, so, you know, the thing could die at any moment. So you had to, you know, one-shot it and sit and actually, you know, put some time and effort into it. So, yes, I did actually enjoy playing the games for that reason, but as the, the game systems got better and the worlds became more immersive, I used it more for a a way of escaping reality, escapism, you know. So I also played, like, Odd, Odd World and Crash Bandicoot. So those things are, like, you know, platforming-ish with some interesting storylines behind it. Um, and they're just fun. You know, the sound effects and the, and the different things that you were able to do was pretty cool. It was not as three-dimensional as these newer games that, that we're going to get to. Obviously, we had computers prior to some of the consoles that came out, but I wasn't the biggest PC gamer. I mean, I would play your, you know, your basic back in the day, like the Solitaire and the Minesweeper and um, the Pinball when I had Windows, they had Windows ME or Windows Me, uh, which I ended up getting off of there and putting Windows 98, which I still stand firmly that Windows 98 was probably one of the best Windows and that didn't have so many issues, but I digress. They had the pinball, the really cool pinball, like the 3D pin, like I love that. I love pinball games too. But, um, so I played Oregon Trail, obviously, and I would, that this might sound murderous of me, but I would name the characters that would come along on your Oregon Trail with people I didn't like. And, or I would do the opposite, people I did like, you know, like, and it would just have the names of them. And I'm like, oh, so-and-so is with me, whatever. And then you have the people who I didn't like and like, oh, they died of dysentery. Well, that sucks, doesn't it? And then you could write their epitaph, which was great. <laughs> It was a way of getting aggression out, and I think it was a healthy way of doing it because, you know, at least I didn't do anything in real life because that would not be very good, and there we've already had things that's happened, and that's not good. If I was going to be able to just work through those problems, <laughs> I would just play some Oregon Trail, and, you know, they get bitten by a snake and die. Damn, that's a shame. Or they drown. Uh. Oh, well. But, um... And then you had The Sims, which I, I love The Sims and I love any um, iteration of The Sims. But if you actually look at it in a more deeper level, it's like kind of finding that perfect life. Now, the original Sims was a little bit harder. My Sim liked to catch the whole stinking kitchen on fire quite a bit. So that was definitely not perfection. <laughs> but, you know, the, the new ones now... Um, can give you that perfection to life that you don't have or be who you want to be in that fake fantasy world. You know, that's kind of how that can be classified as a escapism, that you are creating a life that kind of mimics you and your likes at least, but if you were successful or if you were the perfect, you know, the way you perfectly want to look, you know. So I liked to play them just to be like, okay, well, what especially now with the, the 
the uh, rate of being able to change the character, you can just, you, every little detail you can change now. So you can really customize that character. But before it was, it was kind of like, you know, it was blocky and, you know, old. I still have the original discs. But yeah, it's, it's searching for that perfection. That's not reality, but you, you know, you know that and it, you're just escaping it to be in that perfect world. Um, and then I, I know I, I've mentioned The Sims Castaway in the last one. But as again, it's like you're living another life. It might not be an ideal life. You're stuck on a, an island and having to survive. But it's instances that you wouldn't, God forbid, find yourself in. And if you were, I'm sorry. But, uh, you know, in a perfect world, how you would, you would be? I think I would probably die. <laughs> but my character knew how to... Um, so uh, palms together to create, you know, beautiful outfits, <laughs> stuff like that. It's, again, it's just a world that isn't reality, but it's what you can escape to. It might not be the perfect reality. You know, going into play, like, say, Halo or Call of Duty or any type of shooting game, that's not like a perfect world or even a zombie game. Like, I, I personally, I don't play first-person shooters for the most part, but I have played them. And I played them with my brother um, when he wanted multiplayer or we were online. I don't particularly like them. And scary games, I've played them. But because I get so immersed in the game, like I said, it's like reading a book. If you do the same thing, when you're reading a book, you are a, a character or the main character that you're reading about. You are part of that world. So that when you are starting to play these games and you are creating a rapport with the individual that you are, hence the reason why I love RPG games because, and even like simulation games because you can customize just about everything. So it is you, technically, in the game. If it's a scary game, I get scared, okay? Uh, not because of jump scares or gore or being in the dark. It's because... In my mind, that person is me, and I'm experiencing what that person's experiencing. So it's the ultimate <laughs> way of playing a game, I suppose. Uh, case in point, let me give you an example. I played Heavy Rain. Now, you play three different characters. You have the detective, the girl, and the father of the son that he's trying to find. So... Even though you're playing three very distinct characters that have different names, they're not you, you're not customizing those characters, you are behind, you are controlling them, making their decisions and doing what they need to do. So in essence, it's you. And the one scene for the girl, she goes to find some information out from this like drug dealer, I guess, and I, I can't remember all the details, but in my playthrough... She gets stuck downstairs uh, snooping around and he ties her to a table and proceeds to get a, um, a power saw and start trying to chop you up. Like you have to like move in a certain way to get out of the, the you know, the restraints and things of that sort. And I'm freaking out because I'm like, oh, my God, I'm really there and I'm going to die. So you can ask my son. And you can ask anybody who was in the house at the time how much I was screaming because of the fact that, like, it was real for me. I was genuinely terrified for this woman because it was technically me on that table 
going to get chopped up into little pieces. Maybe the escape <laughs> escapism thing is not the healthiest. I know what is reality and what isn't. I just get very wrapped up in the game to, you know, because if they do a good job with telling the story, excellent. And that means that I get lost in it. Fine. That's awesome because it's then it's a good and well-made and well-told story. And that's kind of what I look for in games and I think that's why over the years I've I've said like I like to video game. I like I'm a quote-unquote gamer, but I'm not like the YouTube Let's Players, the Twitch streamers and things of that. Not even like my son, gamer. That I'm not anywhere near that level. I play games that inspire me, inspire my imagination, and make me become part of that story. So it's few and far between that I find like ones that, and, and then I obviously enjoy playing. When the ones that are like, I can't enjoy the story because the actual gameplay is so either difficult or making it to the point where I'm getting aggravated, then no, of course, because then I'm like not, I'm not in the story anymore because now I'm just trying to figure out the stupid controls and it's pissing me off. So <laughs> I'm not very good with rage games, obviously. Um, um, I don't take after my brother. I don't throw things because things are so expensive, so I'm not going to break them because I can't afford to replace it. But I will get very angry and say things <laughs> badly. So I don't really play those games. Try to stay away from it. And then if I find a game that I kind of like, I like the story, but the gameplay is just really giving me problems, I probably won't pick it back up again. Or maybe I will later on. But, you know. Going back to, like, the racing games. On the GameCube, there was the Need for Speed Hot Pursuit. And I know that they did a remaster of it. I'm not a huge fan of the new Need for Speed games because they have the aspect of like the Fast and the Furious where you having to go like go get pink like pink slips and you know have a reputation and blah blah blah. I just want to race. Can I just race? Can there just be just that's it? I don't give a crap about pink slips or what my reputation is or whose flag I'm flying. I don't care. Don't care. I like the just the get into a really awesome car and drive. And Hot Pursuit, you had cops after you and stuff like that. So you at least you had like, okay, there's a reason to, to want to drive fast and away from things. And it also had some really, really cool scenic views. Now, of course, <laughs> you're, you're talking about GameCube graphics for me anyway, because that's what I had it on. At the time, it was like, this is gorgeous. I love this. The cars are awesome. They also had actual music. It wasn't just some, like, you know, piano music or whatever in the background. It had actual, like, bands. They would they would actually uh, show up the name at the bottom as it plays. One of the songs I have on my playlist currently is uh, by um, the Buzzhorn, and the song is Ordinary. And I got that off of Need for Speed Hot Pursuit. Because I loved it. every time it came through, I would like stop and I'm like, okay, where did the, where's the name? Because I love this song so much. And I already said like music has always played an integral part into what I do. So if you have a great soundtrack with the game, you're you've won me over. If the game's great and you have great soundtrack, there's just there's nothing better in my book. Then you had Animal Crossing. Okay, so Animal Crossing for some people it might seem kind of boring because technically 
you move to a new town that you create, you end up purchasing a house and go in debt and have to pay it off to a raccoon <laughs> named Tom Nook. So, and then you have to, like, you know, do things for neighbors. So, like, does that technically sound like something that people want to do? But it's just, it's the simplicity of life, right? You already have your life. You have your, you know, uh, responsibilities. You have your stresses and what you deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. But what if life was all you had to do was go and fish, catch some bugs, sell some fruit, um plant stuff and you can make money that way and also pay off things it's kind of like the ultimate way of living like you are creating your money so that you are able to pay things off you can have things just as long as you go out and work you know like not work in a, in a freaking cubicle but like you know go and fish on a beautiful day and nobody's up your butt about having to pay the bill it's just long, you know, you can't upgrade your house until it's paid. That's it. Nobody's after you. Like, okay, you have two weeks to get this done. There's no time limit. And the other cool thing about it was that <clears throat> it was real time. So as the day progressed, as the day got later, the sun will go down. You could only catch certain things at certain times. It was a, an, an interesting aspect to a game that real time would pass even when you're not in the game. I don't remember if they had holiday stuff in the original Animal Crossing. I, I want to say that they did have something, but in the newest one, they have, like, you know, Santa come, and like, you get presents, and Halloween, you get, like, candy, and your birthday they celebrate. It's, you know, it's, it's semi-real life, but not, <laughs> you know. And I've sunk, I have sunk so many hours in that game. Not only the original game, but the subsequent one that came after that, I didn't get the Wii U version because you never had a Wii U. I'm never going to get a Wii U because that's just stupid. Um, and then the Switch version. So, uh, yeah. I've sunk quite a few hours into that game. And, you know, portions of my life are gone. <laughs> but, it, again, it's just like that simplicity of life that you don't have in normal life. So you can just like, it's a relaxing game. And again, it's just not, nobody's chasing you up for things. Sometimes you felt like a little pressured when you weren't on the game for a little while and there would be weeds that you had to pull and people were like, where have you been? But it's not, they're not like yelling at you for like, how dare you not play this game 24 seven, even though in the very beginning, I know I probably did. And my mom. Probably played, I'm not a completionist. Let me just tell you, like, I know I said in the beginning the for Tiny Toon Adventures and some of the Super, Mar Super Mario World games, I would want to complete it just to say that I did, but I'm not a completionist. Uh, I'm not, like, <laughs> aiming for platinum uh, trophies. I'm not looking for, it's nice to see those things come up and be like, oh, achievement, achievement, it's great, but... I'm not, I'm not somebody who has to make sure everything is done. Uh, I just play the game just to enjoy it. And if I get achievements or trophies and things of that sort, and that's awesome. But I'm not, uh, I'm, not in it to, I'm not in it to win it. I'm just in it to enjoy it. Um, but my mom, however, at least in Animal Crossing, I haven't really seen her 
do it in any other thing. And not recently because she doesn't really play games anymore because I don't think she has the attention span anymore to do it and to learn a new game. Regardless, in Animal Crossing, she played a whole lot more than I did. And she worked two jobs before I before I worked multiple jobs. And she would come home at 10 o'clock at night and boot up that game and play it. And I understand, like, people, I, I do it, like, just to unwind. If, if you play a game that you absolutely love and enjoy, you come home from work and you just want to do something that you're, like, want to chill to, that's certainly something that you can, that I'm, like, all for. Do it, you know? But she would actually print out lists, uh, print out the all the fish that you can get, all the insects that you can get, all the gyroids, I think they were. They, <laughs> that, uh, they don't have them in the new one, which I'm really upset about because they had some awesome, like, sounds that they, you know, they could get annoying. But I, I thought they were neat. And all, you only see them now when you, like, have to build a, um, a bridge or something. But she would have it all, and, and she did. She got all of the upgrades. She got her trophies for every single insect and stuff like that, and then she would create another town. You, we actually have, and still have, I want to say four or five uh, memory cards for the GameCube that are just Animal Crossing. Because I think it actually came with its own memory card when you bought the original game, because it would take up a whole memory card. Unless you have one of the big, um, the big ones, but yeah, a, a normal Nintendo memory card, it would take one of them, and we had multiple towns that my mom created, and we eventually got two Game Cubes. So she had one, and we had another because if we wanted to play normal game or our own Animal Crossing, so she, she could just have her time to play, and she didn't have to like we didn't monopolize it. <laughs> we still have both Game Cubes. One of them doesn't work though. I don't know what happened to it. It's a shame. I mean, we have the one, but that's how ridiculous it was. Like that she, how much she played that we had to get another GameCube just so that we didn't take up the time. And this was like year, a couple years after it had come out, so um, we wasted money on stuff. I know this. That brings me to I think currently up until you know with the last I would say ten years. 10 years, uh, probably a little longer, 12 years maybe. The biggest games that I started to really like escape reality. Now, this is even, this is after school, so it has really nothing to do with being bullied. It was a lot of the things uh, that were happening in my life um, that were less than savory. And I had to deal with it, obviously, because if you don't deal with it, it just festers and gets worse but in order to have some bit of happiness um games were and are my go-to the biggest games that i played that were highly escapism for me were anything by bioware well most of them they did do uh the star wars knights of the old republic which i did play i played a lot with my brother and i played with my son too because he's like into the older games um, but um, recently played that with him online with other people. Go figure. But everything that we do, we can just do between the two of us. So we don't have to, like, have some rando people and start yelling at us. I mean, you could, but I prefer not to. <laughs> but then there was Jade Empire. Now, Jade Empire was the biggest thing for me. I 
I played that prior to really knowing about Dragon Age when that came out after because it was intriguing because you were able to you couldn't really customize your character like the facial features and things of that sort but you could customize them to certain things that they wore and the power the power-ups that they would get and it was the first game that you were a that I played that you could have like a genuine relationship with somebody now I know that Elder Scrolls like Oblivion, I think. I don't know if the older ones did, but you could also do most of those like role playing games. You could do that, like have um, a relationship with someone. I even think Assassin's Creed, there was something that was in that. But for me, the first game that I ever played that was like in depth was Jade Empire. That's a good game, and it still ha still kind of holds up. Granted, graphics. It's old. I played it on the Xbox, the original Xbox. I don't. I didn't have it for the PlayStation because my brother was very much into Xbox games, anything Microsoft, like Halo. It was just Halo this, Halo that. I'm meh. My brother had Dragon Age Inquisition, and I didn't play it because at the time I wasn't really playing a lot of video games because there was a lot of like I had my son, and uh, I, I mean I was working. I was working quite a few jobs at once and also taking care of the house and there's all this stuff going on. I was very stressed. But as soon as I latched onto Dragon Age, it was just I was gone to the world. It was so immersive. The characters were so alive. And they wrote them so well that they're, you know, they're individuals. And you begin to like certain ones and i'm not even saying like to be in a relationship with fake relationship it's not real i know <laughs> but just say be like yo these people are awesome i love them and i i think they did an awesome job with finding the voice actors for each person and they just they just did an excellent job now if you go back and you play dragon age origins you can tell that it's an older game however I think even going up against Inquisition, which is the newest Dragon Age game, it probably has more choice than Inquisition. I think, especially with your responses. Because when you're talking to the people on the, uh, whoever you're discussing anything with, you had like six different options. Now, you didn't have a voice actor for your character in that so I guess that's the reason why you had so many different options because you didn't they didn't have to pay somebody to be like okay you're gonna have to you're gonna have to be here for probably about two weeks just to have the responses <laughs> for this person so now like you have it's usually um between three different options Dragon Age 2 and Inquisition they have like three different options you can either choose like and, of course, like, you're going off of, like, if you're going to be good or bad. But they also have, like, a middle one where you're kind of, like, snarky with sarcasm. And I know Dragon Age 2, my character was always, like, snarky and with sarcasm. Dragon Age Inquisition, I don't know. Like, I don't feel like the response, even for the snarky sarcasm parts of it, certain people. I liked the fact in Inquisition that when you did speak to different people, you could be a different way with them. You didn't have to be like, it's like reality. Like, 
how you talk to your family versus how you talk to a close friend and work is different. So when you went and talked to somebody who you liked in the game, you can respond a certain way. But if you went and brought somebody else that you weren't real too happy about, <laughs> you could be a dick to them and it wouldn't really affect too many other people. Dragon Age 2, I felt you were restricted. And I know a lot of people had um, some negative things to say about it. They reused a lot of uh, rooms. So like <laughs> the cave that you went into looked a lot like this other demon cave that you went into. So there was a lot of like reusing things. However, my argument back to the people who disliked the not so open world way of it, the story was based in a certain city. Because that individual whom you're playing, the uh, champion of Kirkwall, was in Kirkwall. That was their life. So technically, I can understand it being very like centered into that area. So you kind of felt enclosed because that was their life. Okay, here, here I am getting a little over. If you're gonna, if you like these games and if you like RPGs and if you like escapism <laughs> or need it. These games are very immersive, and it's, you can choose if you want it to be more battle-oriented and less story-oriented. I like that part of it, because if I wanted just to go in and, like, hack up some dragons or whatever, demons, then yes, I can make it that way. I can change it to the point where that's what we're doing, and it's, we're not going to focus so much on the conversation part of it. Of course, most of the time I do like the conversation part of it. That's the whole point. But you can also change it so it's more narrative. I really, really like that part of it. So you can actually go in and just say, okay, you know what? We're just going to fight today. And then tomorrow I'll be like, you know what? We'll, we'll chat. Let's chat. Um, Mass Effect is another great uh, series of games. I was a little disappointed with Dragon Age. Or Dragon Age. Oh, my God. It's on, it's on my brain. I'm sorry. Mass Effect 3. Multiple reasons. If you haven't played it, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but... Um, I was just a little disappointed with the choices that you had at the end for Commander Shepard. I feel like you're with the character for so long. That is your character. And you really have no... You kind of backed into a corner. And that's all... And that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Not necessarily happy about it. But let me tell you a little story about me getting too wrapped up in a game. Mass Effect. Mass Effect 2... You are resurrected from dying or semi-dying in the previous, the previous game. And you start working for a company that you would have otherwise hated in the previous game. So you kind of gather some people who were an unsavory lot because they're the only ones that are going to go ahead into battle with you because, you know, you're working for a company that isn't very good. You pick up along the way uh, this, this like, reptilian-like creature, uh, like, alien. His name is Thane. T-H-A-N-E. Thane. And he's, like, a love interest, too, obviously. You know, there's a lot of, like, people that you could, you know, do that if you want. <laughs> if you choose to, like, romance him or, like, go down that route, he sends an email to you. This sounds ridiculous, an email, okay, like a message to you. I think the third game afterwards. So if you, 
if you import your information and then like you've had a relationship with that person, it follows through to the next one unless you want to start afresh and like not have. You can change it. Like Dragon Age, you have the thing called online. It's called Dragon Age Keep, where you can change the backstory of the hero of Ferelden, the champion of Kirkwall, mm -hmm. and even like Inquisition for the next game. So you can change how like the world is so like whoever if you chose to side with king alistair to be king or not maybe he's not maybe he's a drunkard or something like that you can change that it's the same with mass effect i, I don't think they don't have something like the keep but you can like change the backstory if you so choose to play them out of order if you did uh stick with thane in the second one uh, and this is a spoiler alert. I'm sorry if anybody hasn't played it. Spoiler alert. Please just don't listen to this part. He has a... Well, he kind of tells you this in the second game. He has a... Uh, like uh, He tells you in the second game, uh, and when you meet him, that he has like a... Um, it's like a disease or something that like a... Uh, as they age, the type of uh, alien he is and the air that they breathe on this planet that they ended up having to be on it's not their original planet they um died prematurely because of this of this debilitating disease and in the third one he's in the, in the late stages of it and he ended up dying you know so he had sent a message to you if you you know stuck around with him until the end and he wrote this I, and I can't I don't remember exactly what it says you can actually look it up if you wanted to read the the message my goodness I don't know if it's because maybe I was like in a in a very emotional state when I read it but it brought me to tears like I'm like oh my god what how why did you have to die yeah so I get very invested in the games <laughs> Same with Dragon Age. Um, I usually go with the good side. I very rarely do bad. Dragon Age, if you if you side with the Templars, they're against the mages. I always side with the mages because I feel like they're the, uh, the um, persecuted ones. And I did actually go a completionist route with Dragon Age 2 just to get the platinum because my friend... My a good friend of mine has a lot of platinum uh, trophies, and I'm like, God damn it, I need to, I need to get some. And I did complete one other game. It's a testament of Sherlock Holmes. Great game, check it out if you love like puzzle games. It's great, and I love Sherlock Holmes, so I 100 percented that. Um, I I did get a platinum trophy in Dragon Age 2, except for one of the DLCs, and that's because the the ridiculous freaking prince. Yeah, I would befriend him, and I can never befriend him because he's such a dick. So, <laughs> sorry. I can't do it. Um, but I did get a platinum trophy, so we're fine. I don't, I don't care. But in order to do that, you had to also go the route of uh, siding with the Templars. And there is one character, Anders, that you can also, like, have a relationship with or whatever. You could have a... Um, you could romance them if you so choose. And he's a rebel mage. And... In that point where I was like, okay, well, I can still hate you, but we can still have, like, we could still be cool with each other, right? And there's one scene where I sided with the Templars, and I'm like, mages are dangerous. And he's like, even me? And the look, the, how they animated his face, 
how hurt he looked. It got me. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. No, this is all wrong. I need to take everything back and start again. <laughs> so um, I know if this sounds ridiculously sad, but I don't care. It's who I am. Deal with it. <laughs> so this might not necessarily be very nostalgic for anybody, especially most of these games. Uh, like I said, the Bioware games. I think Dragon Age Origins came out in 2009. And I don't even know what year jade empire came out but um well a like i did mention uh animal crossing <laughs> some need for speed hot pursuit and uh oregon trail and the original sims and stuff like that so it is nostalgic it's nostalgic for me and 2009 oh my gosh is already very far away if you look at it it doesn't feel like it is i don't feel like it is i feel like i just graduated high school not that long ago still so yeah. Yeah. So not only do I use music to help myself through bad situations, but games have also given me a release of being able to just live a life that isn't my own because, you know, our not all of our lives are uh, peaches and cream. So sometimes we have to live it through some weird video game. And granted, like... <laughs> Would I really want to be in a world like Dragon Age? There are lots of things that can kill you. There are demons. There are mages that go bad and, like, kill people. It's, like, <laughs> everywhere you turn, there's issues. <laughs> so it's not necessarily romantic. But it is because it's not... You're, you, the character that you're playing is, is capable that kind of gives you that romanticized view of it because that character is capable of living that life. And, well, living it well because I'm awesome at those games, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, so that's what this episode was just about, just about uh, escapism and how video games... Some people view video games as, like, you know, oh, video games, you know, like, they kind of, like, shove it off a little bit. Not everybody. I think it's becoming a little bit more of an acceptable pastime now, especially since our generation is getting to be the older generation, as sad as that is. But I, I think that gaming is kind of therapeutic in certain ways. And, and I'm not, I'm not saying you have to be violent with it. I'm just saying like, maybe you just need that, that life, like in The Sims, that perfect life, that perfect person. And you just want to live it out and see what it looks like. And then maybe you can use some of that as inspiration for reality. Now, I'm not going to go learn in some uh, sword play, although that would be pretty cool, to, <laughs> to fight a dragon. I don't do the cosplaying thing. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's thinking that. Uh, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I think that's that is really cool. Um, and I do follow quite a few people on like Instagram and Twitter that do a lot of the cosplay stuff. And some of them have done cosplay for Dragon Age, and hence the reason why I follow them. And I think they are ultimately, they're very, very, very talented. Just they create their own stuff. They make everything. They t essentially turn themselves into those characters. And I think that's amazing. I'm not in any shape <laughs> to shove myself into these characters. And I w wouldn't want to do those characters wrong. So I'll leave it to the professionals. So I'm not going to do that.
So um, that doesn't stop me from like collecting things that are cosplay-esque. So like maybe a shield or a special sword that was in the game or something like that. Um, I know I got my son a schematic for one of the guns from uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. Not a real gun. It's it's just a, it's just a schematic. It's in a frame on his wall. So, and I do have a scaled down um, Normandy from Mass Effect, the ship that you know that you fly in. You know, surely you know. <laughs> so that stuff, yes, totally into the collection of that that stuff, type of stuff. But I'm just not dressing up as the characters because no one needs to see that. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I know it's a little off, little different. Not off, just different. And I kind of wanted to be a little bit more conversational about how weird I am. Because, you know, if you haven't already figured that out (laughs) in my other episodes. Because I had recorded one, like I said the other night, that was too much like that gaming evolution. And I really wasn't feeling it. And I, that's hence the reason why this is late again. Because I kept like rereading it and redoing the outline and then recording myself and then it's just like this just sounds crap no one cares I don't even know if anyone cares about this but I think being a little bit more personal with with these subjects makes it more interesting because you don't know anything about me unless you know you're one of my friends that are listening to this and I have very few friends so I know I have more more listens than I do friends, so somebody out there doesn't really know much about me. It, it might be interesting just to know that and or know that there's somebody weirder than you, if it makes you feel better. So I hope you've enjoyed this, and I hope you are looking forward to the next episode. I hope to get into a better swing of... I, I'm trying to get these out on a weekly basis, but there's been there's a lot of stuff going on, and I'm trying my best. And I do this for fun. So I'm, I stay up later to, you know, I stay up later. I don't really sleep that well. So this isn't really that much of a work for me. This is fun for me instead of like, you know, schoolwork. I'd rather not. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening and all the listens I get on a daily basis. Thank you so much. You can listen to this on any podcast server. So like Google... Apple, Spotify, and obviously through my website. So please uh, follow, subscribe, check out my website. Um, I I also have a Facebook page, Gabrielle Fatality slash um, dash author, and I post on there when everything's posted. I also have um, a Twitter, and all that information's on my website, so GabrielleCataldi.com. So you can see when I post new things, and you can follow me like everything please comment too any feedback would be great i you know i want to just know like are you enjoying it like do you like listening to this is it worth it (laughs) i mean it's worth it for me i suppose but i hope you enjoy i hope you enjoy listening to it um i'm also thinking about uh doing a facebook live the the author account i have my own personal account nobody wants to see me live (laughs) i don't know if anybody wants to see me live on the author account I want to do a a Facebook Live because I'm thinking about asking questions to get some feedback because I'm really not getting a whole lot of, like, comments and things. I see that people are, like, engaging on the links and viewing it, 
but I don't get a whole lot of um, like comments as in like good, bad or otherwise. You know, I, I, I kind of want to know, get some feedback from you guys and to see if there's anything that you want me to talk about or add in or just suggestions. You know, this, I'm, I'm fairly new to this, so I'm all for suggestions, <laughs> constructive criticism. Don't do it in the guise of being horrible, okay? Because I don't like I, I can I can handle most things. And that's like I said, my my son actually told straight up told me he's like if you can't take negativity, don't do this. So, and he's right because it's the internet. It's what happens. You got those people out there. Yeah, so I might do that Facebook live to get some like feedback from people and maybe <laughs> nobody I have to de decide when, what time. And if anybody even will actually show up to watch. So either way, I'll, you know, spend my time on camera looking horrible. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you want to check out all the other episodes, this is season two. So there's a whole other season that you can listen to. This is episode five. So we have seven, seven more to go. Yay. <laughs> I actually have all of the stuff that I want to write. Uh, I want to talk about. It's just more of like how I want to go about doing it. So that's that's all the work that really goes into it, and recording it, obviously, sitting here talking to myself. All right, thank you so much. I appreciate you listening, and thank you so much. Um, please like, follow, subscribe, whatever, and um, check out my blog too, because I I do post more frequently on that than I do this. So. Thank you again, and this is Gabrielle signing off for That 80s Child, The Generation Y. Bye.